What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be diving into my top waiver wire targets heading into week nine of the fantasy football season. At this point, you know, with bye weeks coming up, some injuries spreading around the league, you may be in a spot where you need to pick up a streamer at a different position. Maybe you need a player who can make an instant impact because you're currently struggling, or maybe you're set up to make the playoffs and you want someone who has some long-term upside. Going to be covering players for every single team in this video. These are going to be players who are available in 60% or more leagues using the ESPN waiver wire. So they're rostered in 40% or fewer. And then we're going to be covering every single position. So running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. And let's just dive right into it. We're going to start off here with the running backs. And in terms of the players that are rostered in 40% or fewer leagues, there's really only one running back who I feel like would be a decent play like in your lineups as soon as week nine. And that would be Amari DiMercato. He's rostered in 38.2% of leagues, went out in week eight, had 20 carries, one target. He didn't necessarily turn that into great fantasy production, but that type of usage is pretty encouraging. We saw Keontae Ingram kind of cut into the receiving role. In week seven, he was pretty much their clear three down workhorse. Didn't see that same type of usage, but I mean, 20 carries in a game script where they were trailing, definitely a decent sign. So if like you desperately need someone for week nine in your lineup, he's probably the guy I would look at. And then we're kind of going to get into a uh, handcuff territory. So starting it off with Tajay Spears, uh, rostered in 36.1% of leagues. I think Will Levis kind of coming in, playing really well in his first start. You have to imagine he's going to be the guy they're moving forward. I feel like that's kind of encouraging for this entire offense. He also went out, targeted the running backs a decent amount, both Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry. Obviously, if Derrick Henry's healthy, he's going to be the guy. But Tajay Spears is still involved, you know, game to game. And he's obviously the handcuff if Derrick Henry were to go down. The next guy is going to be Zach Charbonnet. Now, we did see Kenneth Walker banged up throughout the week. Um, and I imagine that kind of played into the usage in this game. But him and Charbonnet were, you know, pretty close in terms of their touches. Walker saw eight carries and a target. Charbonnet saw five carries and two targets. Both guys were pretty effective with their opportunities. So I don't think this is a spot where Kenneth Walker is going to like lose his starting job or anything. But it's good to see Walker having, or it's good to see Charbonnet having success. And he's already locked in as the clear handcuff. So he can kind of only go up from here at this point. Then we're going to have Latavius Murray rostered in 22% of leagues. And we see James Cook continue to lead this backfield in terms of opportunities. But Latavius Murray is locked in as the clear running back too. And that's going to be a valuable role in this Bills offense if James Cook were to go down. So another one of the top handcuffs here. And then the final guy is going to be Devin Singletary. He's rostered in 32.6% of leagues. And this was a backfield I was pretty interested in looking at heading into this game because we pretty much saw Devin Singletary take over the more valuable role in uh, what week seven or no week six before the uh, week seven bye. And then we come out here in uh, this game here in week eight. And both Pierce and Singletary saw 12 opportunities, so they pretty much had the same workload. Damian Pierce played two more snaps. Singletary ran one more route. So very, very similar usage. I do think Damian Pierce is the more valuable guy at this point, just because he is the dude in there on the goal line, even though they haven't necessarily converted with him on the goal line, he's still getting those opportunities, which will give him some more uh, touchdown upside. But Devin Singletary is still interesting, pretty much in a 50-50 split. At worst, he's like a handcuff here. So someone who should definitely be rostered in more than uh, 33% of leagues. And then just some other honorable 
honorable mentions to handcuffs, guys like Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Gainwell, Rico Dowdle. These are all guys who should be rostered in more leagues. We're going to get into the wide receivers next, but there's not a ton of great wide receiver options. So I'd rather just stash my bench with some of these handcuff guys, you know, assuming the wide receiver position isn't super deep on waivers, because these guys could instantly turn into running back twos with just one injury ahead of them. But now pivoting over to the wide receiver position, I feel like we have to start it off here with Quinton Johnston, rostered in 31.4% of leagues. And prior to this Sunday night game, he had been very, very disappointing. I mean, things were playing out pretty well in terms of stuff around him, right? You come into the season with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, those two guys are probably going to be locked into the wide receiver one, wide receiver two roles. We see Mike Williams go down. Now we have an instant opening for Quinton Johnston to come in, make an impact, ideally as their wide receiver two. But even if he's not getting that role, he could still give you some production as the wide receiver three. We really hadn't seen that, but he goes out on Sunday Night Football, finally kind of shows some life here, targeted six times, catches five of them for 50 yards. I think that's very encouraging. Now, do I want to pick up Quinton Johnston and fire him up into my lineup as soon as next week? Probably not, but I think we have to remember that these young guys can take time. I still think Johnston has some upside rest of season. We look at guys like Amon Rossing Brown, Christian Watson. These are players we reference for like those late season wide receiver breakouts. And not only did those guys break out later on in the season, both of them were pretty much non-factors through the early parts you know, of their rookie years. So Quinton Johnston still could go on a run here. Obviously, you would have liked to see him make a bigger impact earlier on, but it is what it is. Definitely think he should be rostered in more than 31% of leagues. Then we're going to go over to someone who had a huge week eight. That was Rashid Shahid, rostered in 18.3% of leagues. On the season, he's averaging 12 PPR points per game. The dude just makes big plays. He goes three for 153 in a touchdown this week. He's had two other games with 18 plus PPR points. I do think at this point, it's tough to trust Shahid weekly just because he's not locked into a super high number of routes. And he's also just not commanding a ton of volume. But at this point, he's a second year player who's proven he's plenty talented, could always kind of start to get more consistent down the stretch. So definitely someone to kind of roster and just a fun player to kind of uh, be rooting for and looking at here for fantasy. And then we're going to have another second year wide receiver in Jamison Williams, rostered in 28.2% of leagues. He's another guy who's kind of, you know, like Quinton Johnston has struggled to break out this season. The wide receiver position, like I said earlier on, is pretty thin on waivers, so I feel like you could do worse than picking up a guy like J-Mo, who's clearly talented, was a top draft pick on a very strong passing attack. I feel like that's a guy you might want to stash on your bench. He's going to play on Monday night, not expecting him to have a massive role, but hopefully he can start stringing together some decent performances. And then we're going to have a rookie in Jonathan Mingo, rostered in 7.9% of leagues. You guys know me. I'm always trying to get ahead of the curve on these rookie wide receivers. Mingo has flashed a solid role so far. He had a 98% route participation in week eight, which is very, very impressive, especially for a rookie. So he has locked down that starting role. Now he just needs to start to build on these performances. He was targeted five times, caught four of them for 62 yards. This is a very, very thin wide receiver room. You have Adam Thielen, who a lot of people, including myself, thought was kind of cooked heading into the season, and he's commanding a massive amount of volume. So targets can be earned in this offense. I think it'll be interesting to see how Mingo looks rest of season. And then the final wide receiver here, potentially like the best instant start in your lineup at this point. Kendrick Bourne, rostered in 35.8% of leagues. On the season, he's averaging 12.5 PPR points per game. So in terms of points per game, that is startable production as like a fringe wide receiver three. He has put up 12 or more PPR points in three straight weeks. So not necessarily someone I would love playing, but with bye weeks, injuries, you could do worse 
than uh, Kendrick Bourne as like your wide receiver three flex play. Now pivoting over to the quarterback position, I do think we have some interesting options here at QB. Going to start it off here with Kyler Murray, rostered in 31.2% of leagues. Now he logged a full participation in practice this past week. Didn't really think he was going to get to play here in week eight, but I thought he'd have a shot to play in week nine. Um, Cardinals head coach came out, said that he will not play in week nine, which means he could end up making his return in week 10. Initially heading into the season, I wasn't super high on Kyler because I thought coming off the ACL, the rushing upside's probably not going to be there. But I think with how patient they're being with him, right? Like he probably could have come back this week. And so then they would have been easing him back a few weeks without rushing. I feel like he may be more involved as a rusher than I was initially expecting, just because he's going to be so prepared. Like it really seems like they're waiting till he's very, very close to like 100%, which I think is smart. So at worst, he'll be like a streaming quality quarterback. But I do think he could be interesting, like potentially a back-end fantasy QB1 rest of season once he does get on the field. The next guy is going to be Sam Howell, rostered in 30.3% of leagues. He just went out there, dropped a 30 bomb on the Eagles defense. Over the season, he's averaging 17.6 points per game. So at this point, he is like a great option if you're streaming him. He's kind of getting to the point where he could be someone you want to somewhat trust weekly as like a fringe quarterback one. His point per game, you know, kind of reflects that at 17.6 points per game. Very impressive out of Sam Howell. We'll see if he can keep it going moving forward. Then we're going to have the rookie, Will Levis, rostered in under 1% of leagues. Coming into this game, we thought this was going to be some sort of like dual quarterback room with Will Levis, Malik Willis. Well, Will Levis goes out and ends up just, you know, locking that starting job down, at least in the short term. He goes 19 for 29 with 238 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. Now, to be totally honest here, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit in terms of like Will Levis is going to be amazing rest of season. It's possible like he doesn't replicate a game like this rest of season. Like that is possible, but it's a great start to his NFL career. You have to imagine the Titans are going to continue rolling with him. And maybe they do have something special here with Will Levis. And he's going to be able to give you a rookie production like a guy like CJ Stroud, right? It's not impossible. No one thought the Texan situation would be great for a rookie quarterback. Stroud has come in, played pretty well. Maybe Levis could do the same. So definitely someone interesting to look at. And then the final guy here is going to be Baker Mayfield, rostered in 27.9% of leagues. On the season, he's averaging a decent 16 points per game. Someone who's just kind of emerged as like that guy who's probably going to be the one you look at when your quarterback's on by or missing a game or two. Baker could be one of those guys you're looking to pick up off of waivers. And then shifting over to the tight end position, pretty interesting this week for the uh, tight ends you could go out and get. We're going to start off here with Trey McBride, rostered in 7.3% of leagues. And it is very rare that like at this point in the season, you can go out and get a tight end of this caliber moving forward. Um, Looking at Trey McBride, he goes out in week eight, targeted 14 times, catches 10 of them for 95 yards and a touchdown. I feel like McBride is a locked-in top 12 tight end moving forward. You should have Kyler coming back within the next few weeks. Zach Ertz on IR. Trey McBride is definitely looking up rest of season, and I think he has to be a pickup for you, especially if you're struggling at the tight end position. Trey McBride could be your locked-in tight end one rest of season. Then we're going to have Logan Thomas, rostered in 38.5% of leagues. He goes out, targeted eight times, goes six for 44 and a touchdown. Not going to be a super consistent option, but on the season, 
averaging 10.5 PPR points per game. If you can get a streaming tight end who's averaging double-digit points a game, you're in a decent spot. So Logan Thomas definitely should be rostered in more leagues. Then we're going to have Michael Mayer rostered in 6.7% of leagues. So he had a nice breakout in week six, five receptions for 75 yards, kind of came back down to earth in week seven, but he continued to kind of carve out his own role in this offense, no longer in a full-on committee at the tight end position with Austin Hooper. He was their clear tight end one in terms of the usage. I think that usage should continue to improve. We're going to see him play tonight with Jimmy G back. So another one of these like younger options where you probably want to pick him up now before he starts to break out and becomes very difficult to get. And then the final tight end here is going to be Taysom Hill rostered in 14.6% of leagues. I think we're just at the point here where you could do worse than Taysom Hill as a streaming option. Do we know what his weekly role is going to be? No. Is he pretty reliant on touchdowns? Yes. But just like these other tight ends, they also have very, very low weekly floors, but they may not have the touchdown upside of a guy like Taysom Hill. He's gone for 12 or more PPR points in the last three games. And we saw Jawan Johnson come back. And that's kind of why I wasn't super interested in playing Taysom Hill this week because he was super involved as a pass catcher the past two weeks with Jawan Johnson out. With Johnson back, didn't really know what his role was going to look like. He definitely had his receiving production fall off, but he made up for it with his rushing work. Nine carries, 63 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. So we don't know if that usage is going to be there week to week, but he could have one of those games where he carries the ball five plus times, gets into the end zone, and then he does become interesting. And then the final position here is going to be the defenses. Some decent streaming options this week. Going to start it off with the Raiders, um, rostered in 13.3% of leagues. Not rostered in a ton of leagues because they go up against the Lions tonight. But next week, they draw the Giants, and the Giants are kind of in shambles at the quarterback position with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor injured. Raiders could become very interesting, especially with what we saw with the Giants without those quarterbacks. Then we have the Texans rostered in 9.3% of leagues going up against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers haven't exactly been lighting it up on offense. Definitely not like a terrible unit, but I think the Texans are also kind of like a decent defense at this point. Then we have the Titans rostered in only 2.7% of leagues. They draw the Steelers. Steelers offense just kind of in shambles pretty much the entire season. So like the matchup there, we have the Colts uh, rostered in 9.2% of leagues going up against the Panthers. Now the Colts did just give up a lot of points to the Saints who are not exactly a top tier offense, but Panthers offense has struggled throughout the season. Could be an interesting spot here for the Colts defense. And then the Packers rostered in 29.6% of leagues, really not a bad defense Rams, I'd say, is probably the best offense, you know, of these streaming options. I guess maybe the Buccaneers also, but Rams haven't exactly put it all together yet. So I think the Packers could be interesting if the uh, defenses are thin on your waiver wire. But that's going to wrap it up for every single position. Hopefully this helped you guys attack the waiver wire. Hopefully you guys were able to land whatever players you do want. If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.